Let's talk. About the decoms. Let's talk. About the D. Let's talk. About the decoms. We're talking about the D. Hi, and welcome to Talk About the D, the DCOM podcast where we watch old DCOMs and see what they're about, or in my case, watch them for the first time and see if they're any good. I'm Emily Keene, and as always, I have my co-host Lizzie Goodman here. Hi, Lizzie. Hey, Emily. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We are going uh, guestless this week. Yeah, and we're doing our first remote show. That's right. We are recording in two different cities, so but you would never country hear. here. Across you, country. You will exactly. never know. You will never know. You would never know because uh, I this is going to sound so good, it'll be like we're in the same room. Yeah. Technology is wonderful. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. And it's very, um, it makes sense that we're using the futuristic technology uh, considering, you know, the That's right. movie that we watched. Because we are doing Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Yeah, we are. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Um, Lizzie, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown of what Xenon is about? Absolutely. Um, for those of us who like can't remember for some reason, um, Xenon is about a young, a thirteen-year-old girl played by is it Kirsten Storms or Kristen? I think it's Kirsten. I think it's I think it's Kirsten. Yeah, Kirsten Storms, who is um, living in twenty forty-nine, uh, which was fifty years. Fifty years. Fifty years. Yeah. Ninety ninety nine. Fifty years in the future. Um and she lives on a space station orbiting Earth, I guess, or just out you know, in the universe. It seems, it seems like it just orbits <laughs> Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think or they're maybe, always maybe goes to other places because I feel like they did mention that like she's traveled to all sorts of places yeah it's hard to know if that's like hyperbole like it's it's yeah. difficult to know what the science <laughs> specifically is but they, they do seem to be within a spitting distance of earth for for most of of it um well they're able to take a a, sh- a space shuttle there exactly exactly like, um, it seemed like it was about a 15 minute flight <laughs> like i'm pretty sure it was like a pretty fast yeah. Uh, uh, maybe a little long. I would say within a couple of hours. Yeah, very, you're very probably, fast. You're probably very fast. I mean, they were on um, jumping ahead. They were playing, um, like cards and stuff. They oh, that's true. Thank you. I I forgot about that. I was only thinking about the flight um there. But you're exactly right. They are there. There's a lot of time when she flies back with Protozoa. Um, yeah. There's um. Yeah, they're like playing cards. Anyway, Kirsten Storms lives on a space station, and she is a very precocious young woman. And um, she wins a contest to sing to dance on stage with the first rock band in space, Microbe, and their lead singer Protozoa. But she gets in trouble and gets grounded, which means her parents sent her to Earth to live with her aunt Judy. But Kirsten, I'm sorry, but Xenon discovers <laughs> a conspiracy <laughs> to <laughs> crash the to, space station. Yeah, to, to blow it up. I to think. blow it up. Yeah, some, exactly, I'm sorry, yeah. Um, to, to, to kill everyone on board and destroy yep. it. Uh, the stakes are incredibly then, like, high. For insurance money? For insurance money. <laughs> for the, so the founder can collect insurance money. 
so good. Such a good plot. Wow. Um, I don't think we've ever watched a higher stakes. <laughs> <laughs> the stakes of this are astronomical. <laughs> There's like, like a thousand people probably on board, maybe more. And this guy's gonna just callously collect his church money on the on his own space station. I can't even begin to comprehend yeah. that. Um, <laughs> it's something. It's Very something. strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what did you think? Keen? <laughs> <laughs> Overall, did you... I did in, I'd say I enjoyed this, but I'm not trying to paint. Like, I want to know your honest um, I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. Okay. I wasn't, like, super into it. Okay. But it uh it did you know have a story that mm-hmm. somewhat made sense mm-hmm. um, um this feels to me like one of the more tightly plotted retellings that we've watched i would agree with that yes and i think it Although, makes sense what yeah to me it did feel like the the start that was on the like spaceship mm-hmm. um sort of like a lot happened while she was there and that it was like oh she's going to earth and i was like oh how far into the movie are we we were 30 minutes in <laughs> oh okay yeah um, yeah are you saying it should have been like they should have moved that up maybe to like i don't know i guess it just it almost felt like there was a whole movie that happened yeah and then we went to earth yeah <laughs> yeah i do think that's very interesting, like, 30 minutes in being, like, the, the break into two, I guess, mm. if you're thinking about it in that sense. is um, It's hard when, like, the break is such a dramatic, like, okay, now we're shifting to, like, a completely new set of characters. We're shifting away from all of the, like, they've built up this whole world, and now we're shifting totally away from it. I think that's, like, narratively very hard to pull off. I don't think you can do that very often um and i think that's exactly why we felt like that i was expecting i think expecting the um i i know what's gonna happen when i watch it so it's not like i'm like okay yeah like this is fun blah 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 but like none of this really like it really picks up once you get to earth um i was gonna say sue rieger is what i want to say wrote this i'm sure you looked this up okay and he also wrote Smart House, Fan of the Megaplex, Gotta Kick It Up, and a couple others. And I think that wow. that tracks as far as his, um, like, I, I remember maybe just because we did it fairly recently, but Gotta Kick It Up and Smart House are both, like, have actual, like, discernible plot points and, like, unique art. Like, yeah, they were some of the better yeah. written. A lot, absolutely. A lot of the, a lot of the decoms we watch are like the, the there, there's like there's. I'm thinking of. I don't even know. There's, no, that's not even a good. One. I was gonna say Steps of Human Adventure, but that actually would be pretty good. Um, a lot of the ones that we watch, like there are things happening, but the characters don't have like individual arcs to undergo, or they're really gen- like the main character has like a generic, like. They learn about like like one of the fucking um, Christmas movies, right? It's like the the main character is a teenager who takes everything for granted, and then they learn not to do that. 
and there's like there'll be like one beat with a minor character like Brenda's song and the ultimate Christmas present where she's like you're so lucky you have a dad <laughs> and like so we That's get this right. we get like one unique thing about a minor character um but I think that this I think that Xenon was is one of the there are many reasons why it is like so high in the pantheon of decoms like it smart house thirteen tier I think are like are probably like top three and yeah. um I think one of the, one of the reasons why is it like it they cast they really cast the heck out of it in my opinion um and there are like the characters are like a bunch of specific like each of them they might not get like a whole arc but they get like some semblance of like specificity like they contribute to the plot in a specific way yeah right? i can see that yeah they have like specific they're, they're just specific characters that that that's makes them so much more interesting than like the two siblings in um i always forget the title because it doesn't mean anything it's the christmas movie with um breaking bad oh with Bryce um, Dennis. Twas the night. Twas the night. Yes. What an like, awful movie that was. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, um, the um, like there are two siblings in it, and like one sibling knows about tech, and like, but that's there's they're completely conflatable. Like, yeah, like the care. That's why like Xenon has two friends, like on the spaceship, but they don't try to like. Um, ne- Nebula, who's played by Raven Simone, is the like yeah. main friend who gets all the like action. Which at the start when they were going through the credits, so mm-hmm. she was just listed as Raven Simone, with right? No last name, right? Which I is think like that's Cher, how she. <laughs> but a double name, first name. But I know how is she? How do you know her? I don't um, even know what her last name is. Yeah, Raven I Simone. Know. It's like Pearson or something. Yeah, I does she go by that now? I think she, I don't know. I think she still just goes by Raven Simone. Yeah, I think she does. Too. There's the there's the accent on the end, so I'm guessing it's meant to be Simone. Pearman, Pearman. I know, but I hate. I don't like that name. <laughs> Raven Do Simone like, is such a nicer. Who do I know her from? Um, who I, I knew who she was. She was in the Princess Diaries too. She was really, really popular, she's, and she was in. Could be Doctor, from that. She was in Doctor. I saw Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. And I put and I saw that she was in a Little Rascals. Of course, had a little role in that, and oh, I wow. worked in that. Have you watched so, the Cosby Show? No, never. Never. Okay. She was on the Cosby Show. She was a baby. She was. Oh. Like, she was like five. Seven. It's not. It's not listed. Oh, you're right. Cosby Show. They didn't put that on her credits, but it's up in her bio. Yeah, so. that's interesting. It's uh, maybe because she was like ninety. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy. What? It says an episode. Oh, I was looking at TV. I was looking at films. Not oh, TV. I'm sorry. That's why she just didn't show up. <laughs> She's a contestant um, on The Masked Singer. I mean, I feel like I maybe saw ads for that So Raven as well, but didn't sure didn't actually watch it. Yeah, she's in a Master of None. 
She's in the Guardians of the Galaxy TV series. I didn't know that there was a... I didn't know that either. (laughs) Animated or something? Yeah, Um, it's an animated TV series. Does a lot. She does a lot of voice work now. Mm. She's done, like, all of the Tinkerbell movies, which are... They keep making them, so they must be phenomenal. Well, and she does Raventon in Doom Eternal. Yes, yes. Is she in, like, all the episodes of Raventon? It looks watched. like it. It says lead role. Okay. That makes sense. Ooh, right? Raven it is Raventon. Her character. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the start of the movie then. Sure. Um, so yeah, Leon's, let's... like, on the spaceship... And she says, uh, or someone says, at least you don't live down there, referring to Earth. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, what? What is good <laughs> about living on the spaceship? It doesn't seem that wonderful. I guess it has better technology than Earth. So I think I think they make it. They actually do a fairly good, like in that little scene of um, all the kids together. They're they have a very I would say like mature outlook, like overly mature. But they are they're like I've never been. They basically like never get sick, which right. They or they they you know there's no allergies and they're like it's super unsafe. Like there's there's um that doesn't really make sense to me because you're basically living in an air conditioned box. (laughs) Ship. On so, the one hand, I agree with you. <laughs> you, probably, you probably won't get allergies, but you would be likely to get sick. I know. Um, I know. Although I don't really know, like, if you do take a bunch of people and you isolate them, and they're not sick when you isolate them, like, would would they get sick? Well, yeah, because there's like bacteria just sort of sticking in your body all the time. Well, sure, but is it the bacteria that makes you like get a cold? Like even that um, bacteria. It, it can do if you're worn out and tired. Okay. Even, yeah. Then your body can't fight it off. And mm-hmm. Well, maybe in 2049, we don't have colds <laughs> anymore. And it's mostly, you know, it's mostly allergies. Um, I hear you. I think they're trying to, you know, they're trying to say that it's very safe. It is funny because I think, I think it's like ironically funny. Because what they're saying is like the space station is way safer than Earth, which of course is the opposite of what you would think. Yes. But they're trying to say that like Earth has all of this unpredictable weather and muggers. When we go to Earth, what? When we go to Earth, it's basically 1999 <laughs> with, with a little bit more technology and different slang. Like, see, yeah, <laughs> it's it funny. Did you see? There's like um, this has pretty like. For a Disney movie, like a movie that was meant to be shown on television, it has fairly cool graphics. Um, I did, I did enjoy the graphics. I mean, obviously they look pretty crappy now, the but space it would have been looks, pretty good. In, yeah, um, the the shuttle, the shuttle looks pretty goofy, but I think the space station itself looks pretty, like good, like it, acceptable. It looks I guess. okay. It looks okay, um, but. Um, what was I gonna? Oh, hang on. Um, oh, there's like, um, when we first go to the rest. So there's when we first go to the restaurant with Aunt Judy and they and Zenon speaks to like she's Margie and 
all the best mm-hmm. friend group. Um, yeah, Greg, is he there? Greg is the, the love interest. Yeah. Yes, he's there. <laughs> um, there's like a, the, the beginning of that shot is the bay or whatever. I think it's like a bay. It's That's in Ontario. That's in Toronto. Um, oh, it shot is? That, they shot that in. where they shot it. Yeah, it's the, that, the, the, all of those flags, it's called the Plaza of Nations in Vancouver. Because are they meant to be somewhere in the U.S.? Because it looks like U.S. money that they use later. Oh, that's interesting. Probably. But they, it's, it's all of the actors are Canadian. <laughs> or all of the, like, minor character actors are Canadian. Like, okay. Greg and Judy. Um, yeah. Um, did, how, are, have there been other DCOMs that we know that were shot in Canada? There were a couple, right? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, surely a lot of them were shot in Canada. We definitely, we've, we've seen Utah a couple times. Between, like, Canada and, and Utah were the popular yeah. Yeah. shooting locations. I think they just have really good, they must have really good passports in addition to looking good. I think, mm. I think that must yeah. be why. Because why else would you go to Utah? Like, it's not like, I don't know, it's just so far away. Yeah. Um, to get, like, very similar terrain, I mean, to to California, depending yeah, on Yeah, t- totally. Um, but anyway, in that shot out the bay, they, like, they stay on the bay for a second, and there's, like, it looks like a boat, but it's hovering above the water. I don't know if you saw that. It's just, like... Oh, I three, didn't notice that. It's, like, a three-second shot, so you're, like, okay, this is future wherever, you know? Like, right. I, I assumed it was California based on how it looked. But that's because Vancouver looks like California. It was meant <laughs> to be California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked like... Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And then the other thing was that the menus at that restaurant are see-through. I don't know if you noticed that. I did not notice that. I They're like wasn't paying as much attention as I think they should have been. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I was, I was interested to see, like, I... I don't know some stuff um, like how they make it see see three, um, and one of them is that the menus at the restaurant are like plastic um, squares with like pictures on them, but they are they're see through apart from the words and the pictures. I think I did kind of notice something like that. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you saw that they're like it's like a plastic brick yeah. <laughs> instead of instead. But of in them. general, the technology seemed. Yes. They're like futuristic space technology seems pretty backwards compared to what we have now in 2020. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Not even it. at 2049. I know. I love that she gets on like a dial up computer like website. It's called like mm-hmm. Cyber Radio. <laughs> like, they have that. And then the video calls are like. A giant chunky screen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we couldn't. I love that we couldn't in ninety nine. Even though the iPhone came out in two thousand three, we hadn't yet pictured. The iPhone came like out to oh seven, I think. Oh seven, really? Oh okay. Or eight. Hmm. But I think um, it was seven. Okay, I be- I totally believe you. Um. Um. I love that we hadn't conceptualized yet that like our the technology of the future might be very thin. 
Yeah. I guess or at least in the they, 90s, we hadn't, like, thought. They through. weren't in that place yet when right. that was possible. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, e- computers were really something. Like, televisions were still. Oh, absolutely. There weren't any flat screens. Yeah. No, in 99, yeah. you had really chunky TVs. Mm-hmm. Even a laptop was thick. Yeah. Like, a laptop yeah. would have been at least an inch thick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, so my thing that I thought of, I was like, okay, well, it's obviously, like, it feels very dated that she goes on to, like, a site with, like, terrible graphics <laughs> and, like, puts a little, puts, like, an, it's essentially an AirPod in her ear, um, to listen to it, and obviously she's listening to, like, what would, what would become Wi-Fi, um, and I thought, obviously, like, it was funny to see how crappy that screen looked. But um, I was thinking, like, maybe by 2050, like, that's, like, a, like we've gone, it's, like, retro style. It's, like, we've I mean, moved I all the way back to it looking, like, shitty. <laughs> I think this kind of was something that they were, like, the phone, which, I mean, in some respects, that's what's happened. Like, phones got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. and now they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. again like yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're going backwards but I guess they're still not thick they're still pretty thin just larger but they get, yeah now they're getting like yeah exactly no I don't I know it's like have you ever heard of I, I listened to this one uh podcast that was about future it was about exactly this it was like looking at movies from all different time periods and seeing like what they thought what they think the future will look like and, like, mm-hmm. what it tells us about that time period. And there's something called, like, I can't remember. It's just, it's, I, the, the general term for it is apologetics, which is, like, people who, people, like, like, sci-fi apologetics, which is when you look at something from, like, now 1999, and you look at how they thought the future would be, and it looks dated to us, right? Like, exactly what, what we're talking about. But then what they do is they, like, think about, an actual an explanation for it that would still be futuristic like okay to us it looks dated but to them it's actually it's actually the right thing to do because or or like or like looking at something that no longer makes sense because we've surpassed that technology and then figuring out why within the context of the movie they would actually want it so to be they, I, it was done with, um, like Star Trek. They're like, okay, that obviously looks very dated, but it's right. actually superior technology to what we have because it works like this. And to <laughs> me, to me, the apologetics are like that. They, um, they just want it to look retro. <laughs> they want it to look like well, fifty years, you know, in the, the past. That's actually what you do if you want to make a future that feels real. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Gattaca yeah. is like intentionally doing, um, like, 1930s, 1940s kind of look. Yeah. Because if you go in the past, then something becomes timeless. Mm-hmm. So then you're in the future, and because fashion is always cyclical, mm-hmm. um, if you set it back that time, then it will seem still relevant, even though... Even in that, like, because that's from like '96, I think they're yeah, computers that look pretty dated mm-hmm. for us. 
mm-hmm. but because the rest of the design is so specialized and that you can sort of get lost in it mm-hmm. um, I still believe that it might go that way but I mean we're talking about a Digi original movie here yeah like, yeah um, exactly I think um a lot of it also is that as with these Disney movies not just this one that's meant to be set in the future but all of them they're really trying to go for like a bright colorful look right and in no world is the future going to look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's going to no, look like westworld like the the interiors yes, in westworld like, no yeah. designers are going to be like you know what we should do just like a lot of bright colors everywhere <laughs> like no no clean lines or smooth steel or anything yeah a yeah a lot of bright colors like, a lot of yeah and like and like like that would be visually glass. yeah yeah <laughs> um oh i wanted to say that the the chunky um their little like facetime communicator mm-hmm. thing um they had a button right where the home button is on apple products and i think uh, that was like a little spooky to me i don't know if you i just caught it in like one like, shot um, at the bottom middle and like that's how they hang up is hitting that I mean I think that's sort of a like um I mean if if you go on a plane the screen in the back of the seat has a power button is right the there middle. okay like, okay and that's been there for a long time I think that's yeah. sort of just the natural place that you put a button. I hear you. But I I I also kind of think like if you just were to recycle like a monitor, you know, and like use that as a prop, it wouldn't have any buttons on it at all and the fake thing you would do is like there would be a button on the screen to hang up. That's kind of what I was expecting. So yeah, when I, I saw about it, so. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I mean, it depends on where they got that um, well, yeah. <laughs> for sure. it kind of reminded me of like a those old portable DVD players. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you mm-hmm. took the DVD part off and just yeah. had the screen, just the top I of it. I agree. Had those back in ninety nine. I don't think they did. I think you could be correct in saying that it's like it's the television from a, uh, the back of the first like that's the that Possibly, yeah. sounds very I mean, even, correct. Even that for 1999 wasn't yeah. really a thing. Yeah, Those that's came true. In probably two or three years later. That's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I mean, is it even a real screen or is it just CGI? Who knows? That's true. Um, that's true as well. Um. Yeah, so I was going to say um just just when I I I remembered it's like with with many of these movies I'm like, "Oh, I can't believe I forgot that." Like I I remember that she goes to Earth and I you as a child you remember like very like hyper specific things like when Xenon breaks the beaker because she heats it to Celsius instead of Fahrenheit. That whole stuff with the <laughs> units, I was like, um. Because <laughs> you're Australian. All, it's, it's first like, of all, I, really hope, you. I hope, <laughs> but 
also that they that she was like down here we're still using Fahrenheit and I'm like okay that means yes actually they are in the US because <laughs> yeah that's true only country yeah. that uses Fahrenheit like yeah so not in Canada that's for sure yeah that's true that's true but that just made me laugh because I was like literally only America uses Fahrenheit yeah yeah <laughs> but it totally makes sense the more I think about it like of course like they use because I bet the space station is well, yeah. Um, like international, um. Yeah, so of course they would use. Yeah. All, all science uses metric systems. Right. Right. That is the world standard. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to like. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I thought was interesting is that she was like, um, they. I think they essentially they have to be vegetarians because they grow all their own food, and she says yeah. they're all. It's all high high. Um. What's it hydroponically grown? Oh, which kind of like how I feel like you can't be fully healthy if you're only growing certain things like what you can grow on a spaceship. Yeah. Well, here's the, I think you could again the apologetics for that being like, well, it's 2049 and they figured out how to grow everything they need and they take supplements or whatever. It yeah, is I guess you could argue the supplements are really I, good and Exactly. Exactly. Like, and you get like you, they have a way to get the vitamin D from the sun, and they they're actually whatever. feeding Soylent. Like. Exactly, there's like a Soylent situation, or like a like a snow piercer, like they're eating protein blocks made of insects uh, yeah. type. But um, <laughs> one thing that they didn't, that she didn't say, that I know I wouldn't have been aware of at that time was that like, well, they they just grow meat, like you know, we're trying to grow meat now in labs to make meat more sustainable to make and I was I thought it was funny that like if obviously if this was written now that's how they would get they could yeah, get any, anything they wanted you could just grow yeah, like lobster in a dish you know you could grow very good chance that in 2049 we will be eating lab grown meat absolutely yeah that will probably be the standard um, yeah yeah that's true and for it me too. I'm excited to get my hands on some. I'm, some pro, I'm very pro genetically modified crops. Like, right, right. All this non-GMO. I'm like, I don't care if it's a GMO. If you, mm -hmm. if you could get create a plant that doesn't have the problems that plants have, so that we're not wasting anything. Great. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure they would be eating a lot of genetically modified. Plants oh, on the sure. Yeah, yeah. To modify it so that it can survive in the space environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing I forgot is that um, she does a spacewalk, <laughs> which is so ludicrous. Obviously, it's the funniest like part of the yeah, movie. The <laughs> point of that? It seemed like at the start of that whole sort of section she had like something she was trying to achieve but then it was just like oh the adults aren't here yeah i'm just gonna go for spacewalk it'll be fine yeah. guys. Like, i did not understand <laughs> and the other thing is that she's like i can't believe you guys are chickening out on me like oh my god the last thing you need is multiple kids outside the space station oh it's bad god, enough to god. have one of them <laughs> so dangerous and then when her parents are like yelling at her basically saying that and she's yeah. like it's fine and it's like, it's fine. <laughs> that was yeah that was 
where she says, I can handle myself. I'm yeah, I'm 13. <laughs> yes. Very, that's like a that's like a famous uh, quote. That line, I was like, yeah, that is pretty accurate to how every 13-year-old <laughs> feels. And then you get a little older and you're like, wow, you can't do anything. Like it, in in Xenon's case, it's a miracle she's still alive. It's truly oh, yeah. a miracle. Um, but that was the one thing, like, everything else in the movie, I think almost everything else in the movie, there's some things where I'm like, okay, I can't, like, explain that in a fun way that's like, oh, well, technology has advanced so far. Because I just don't feel like there's any world where a child can just, go, like, go outside no, the craft. No. And also her <laughs> visor, I, I'm sure you noticed this, but her visor is just like a flip-down visor. <laughs> like it's not airtight. Yeah. <laughs> she just. I mean, she's wearing. She must be wearing like a 1960s space. I know exactly. Like, she's like wearing an a early, space suit. An yeah. early spacewalk prototype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just. I. Yeah, there's pretty much no world where a 13 year old. I mean, where anyone could really be going spacewalking just just casually. like casually yeah exactly i don't we think can't, we can't live in space we cannot yeah live in space, so. yeah 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 <laughs> what we do that's always going to be dangerous <laughs> mm -hmm. the other thing that um i thought was kind of funny is that i think it's great that she's like excited about this what is it it's like aurora or something it's not an aurora but it's something like that oh yeah it was like a like an eclipse or a meteor shower. Or yeah, like it was some kind of event, and I think that that's cute. But I, I think that if you actually, I mean, as like my dad, we we've seen I've seen the International Space Station like go over like a million times, and my dad is always really excited to watch it go over. But like I'm kind of like it looks the same every time it goes over, and I think <laughs> that if you were if you were Xenon, you would, like, not care that much. You'd, like, like your parents would be like, we should really watch this, because they have some perspective. They're like, we should watch this Aurora Borealis, and you're like, okay, but I've already seen, like, ten Auroras, so... That, that's true, like, teenager, a child. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the number of opportunities that I could have had as a teenager that I didn't do because I was like, nah, that's boring. I'm not interested it's, in that. Like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I'm now like, what's wrong with me? I <laughs> like <laughs> It's not your fault. You just can't yeah, you can't know that you're being an asshole at the time. <laughs> you're like teenager. You know, you have a very limited things of what you think is fun or cool. Exactly. And then everything else is boring and lame mm -hmm. and you're just like, why would I do that and then I think yeah. you you hit a certain age and you're just like I just I want to do everything like mm -hmm. any opportunity sounds great <laughs> right right figure it out eventually um <laughs> but it takes a long time um I thought that Xenon was um very um I don't know I think she was I think I think it's I mentioned this earlier but I think the movie is like very well cast um and Kirsten Storms, I think, is very, like, obviously she's grading as an adult, but she's mostly likable. And I really, I admire her confidence in herself. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, like, she's a fairly, 
a pretty good role model compared to other heroines from other movies. She's a character that um, kids would connect with. Yeah. Like, like we may not necessarily now as adults, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. 10, 12, 13-year-olds or whatever probably would have been like, yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like me. Um, I think I was seven when this came out. Um, when I and I would have watched it. I watched it on like the premiere. Like I absolutely watched it when it came out. And um, what was I thinking? Just um, I think I remember like Greg. I think Greg was like a very early crush for me. (laughs) I I remembered like Greg seeing Greg's face like was like something in the like my very back of my brain was like oh my gosh oh my gosh it's greg um i can see that yeah like like truly at least he had reached enough of puberty where he didn't look yeah too much like a child Mm -hmm. as opposed (laughs) to some yeah some other movies as opposed to that other one there was one where it was like it's the ultimate christmas present where the crush is the like whatever crush she got, I was like, oh, that is a straight up child. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is actually very. It's this is like, here. I mean, Kirsten Storms looks like is like a very beautiful thirteen year old. Um, I guess Greg, what I mean is that these kids have reached the point in growing where you can see what they'll look like as an adult. Yeah, as grown ups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which, well, and you don't feel weird about like. Like, they have a little romantic thing, and it feels, that feels fine and normal. Like, oh, yeah, those, those, those. kiss? Yeah, they, he tries to, and they, they hit their mouths too hard, and then, which is very cute, and then she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah, Um, so it's very, not even PG, it's like G-rated, right? Yeah, it's very G-rated, but it's more. She wrote him a kiss on the video phone. Right. It's more overt than most other ones that we've seen with kids this age. Like, there's, like, some, I would say, like, intimate moments, like, where they're riding a horse or he, like, holds her hand when they're brushing the horse. Like, that is, like, as opposed to, like, a chaste kiss. That's almost more intimate. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. But even that was kind of rare because we watch a lot of movies and I feel like we don't see like there's like someone has a crush like in Smart House. He has a crush, but like I think the crush in Smart House is Margie. Is it? Is that true? I'm going to look really fast. I think it is. I just realized that. Like, What's her name? Yeah, it's it's an age appropriate romance because that when you're a 13 year old that's kind of what you're looking for is really just someone to hang out with and like hold your hand and yeah you know yeah some pretty pretty g-rated kisses like yes absolutely absolutely yeah Um, oh no is that not her i'm annoyed at myself (laughs) sorry could have sworn that was her. Oh, now I gotta look at phones. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look at my notes here. Margie, what a hardcore. Oh, let's talk about the slang. 
because the slang is um yes i think so what really sticks with people micro macro the one that i remember his description was viral is nasty and i was like okay that's yeah. what i mean <laughs> <laughs> i know that is funny that's all earth slang the the slang they use on the um, oh, base station is, is hello almost exclusively space <laughs> space space related, space related. Um, major and minor. They yeah. use major a lot and minor a lot. Those are the ones I wrote down. Fetus to fetus. I think she only used that a couple times, but that's the one everybody knows. Oh, she said it like five times. Did she? Oh, okay. I, I was, I was just every time. I was like, yeah, there it is. But <laughs> and like, lun- oh, lunarius, lunarius for um, yeah, and uh, gas, gaseous for something that's um, <laughs> something that's that stinks. <laughs> and then inky, which obviously isn't like space, but that's just like, you know, inky when something's yeah, like inky you, you have a bad feeling. Yeah. Um, gosh, honestly, it's it's like wall to wall slang, <laughs> really. It was a lot of slang. Yeah, yeah. Um, um and then oh, I was gonna say he mentions O rings twice. When did? Oh my God. Yes. Which is like a little dark of a reference. She, she's eating onion rings and she's like, Yeah. Oh, new meaning for the name O Ring. And I was like, Is it an O Ring? Like something sexual? <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking of, that's really funny. This, the Challenger disaster was because an O Ring blew. Oh. So she actually says, I have it written down here. She's like, My mom's going to blow an O Ring. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if we should be like um but uh yes for 1999 that's pretty rough I know it's like it has been 13 years but I just I don't know if we should be saying um just seems um seems not a um not in good taste you know um but um, apart from that, I mean, there's a lot to love in this movie. I do, I do really admire Ike. I'm like, I'm, I feel like I say this every time because I'm always expecting the worst. But um, they're actually like, there was a, the plot moves. The plot has movement. Like, it actually builds on, like the beats actually build on one another. Which I feel like we do watch a lot of movies where the beats aren't, or they they are building, but they're so slow. Yeah, there's like, like a real get... a real goal and yeah. real challenges to achieve that goal. Yeah. Like I feel like I don't know why I keep going back. It's not like we haven't watched other movies, but I'm just thinking of like the worst ones we've seen, like truly the the ones yeah. that really like have stuck with me for being just like interminable. <laughs> um which it's funny cuz I like Brian Cranston in um Twas the Night, but I feel like my memory is that just this repeated beat over and over again of um of like okay they go and they they go to a house and they shrink the presents and we just get that like over and over again and like fucking like slowly um the main character is like figuring out that his uncle is a grifter but it takes yeah. like it takes like the better part of the movie for that to happen um 
in that case, it was partly because that kid was kind of a shit person. So right, right. It take him a while to figure out. Well, he's he, and I do understand they're like they make it they make it make sense because he loves his uncle because because his uncle is so cool. So it's hard for him to yeah to fully understand um uh at what his uncle is, but she's I mean. I don't know what to say. I don't know. Mom's got a date with a vampire. I think was the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I watched some real stinkers. But <laughs> that's for sure. I'm, I'm looking at our um, twins. I'm looking at our what was that? Twins. Twins. Yeah. Like, what is the middle of that movie? <laughs> what happens in the middle of it? Nothing really happens in the whole movie. <laughs> Her mom definitely has. Babies, and they have twins. And they have twins. She yeah. deals with them, and that's about it. Like, <laughs> um, uh, but I do remember, like, gotta speak it up. Has like, they has like actual like uh, dark night of the soul, like, yeah, it was like old. like false uh, to to use all these words, but like from from Save the Cat. Like. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, it has a, uh, it has like a false victory. Lucy and I went to film school. <laughs> we have read books on how to how to write a feature film. Um, uh, it it just like Xenon doesn't necessarily have this. It kind of has the middle part where it's just kind of like a bummer, like for her, which is totally fine. It totally works because she has just like a relationship with Greg that makes it, um, that gives it. Momentum, um, yeah, it does. But that, but then there's still the she's got to figure out what let exactly, yeah, with trying to do, which, yeah, um, she does. Mm -hmm. It, I mean, it had a lot of stuff that really works. They set up like the protozoa concept. Oh yeah, we got to talk about protozoa. It's how she's able to get back to the ship. Yeah, exactly. Like everything kind of makes sense. Like every time, every time she gets into something, I I in my opinion, there's no like real Deus Ex Machina except for one where it's like, wow, I can't figure out how she like obviously it's all heightened and silly like like a what like a 13-year-old like hacking, like making a virus, like or like yeah. being able to figure have a solution to this massive virus that's going to take down a whole space station like that's obviously silly but as far as like it it makes sense that protozoa like they set it up that she won the contest so that she has a reason like so that protozoa has a reason to take her on the ship you know what i mean like yeah. they set up stuff like that early on and then it pays off which that is actually asking a lot for a tv movie to have like it it was something actually like, pay off yeah yeah that they, that they even thought of that mm -hmm. exactly that um, they even thought of that like there there's definitely a world in this movie where like she's a fan of protozoa but she doesn't there's no contest so she gets backstage and he just like decides to let her on like they could have done that but instead but this was better this worked this is way better because it because she also like her her precociousness and her like um hobby of crafting and like making things pays off several times which yeah. is great cuz there's also a world where that that that's not part of her personality and they they don't include that 
Um, I think they're. I think that that's definitely like what makes it like a cut above your average. Like with the disc, the earring. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I will say though, when Lutz originally left the memory bank area or whatever and dropped that disc, Mm -hmm. I was like, in no world is does he not realize he's done that? Absolutely. only person in a room made of metal and he's yeah. <laughs> a piece of metal onto it. That's gonna make quite a sound. Like, yeah, yeah. And of course goodness. the <laughs> the neatness of like Nebula finding it later. But I think that like because other things work, I can like forgive that. The whole movie isn't pre- isn't predicated that's, on like miracles fair. That's happening. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's you're exactly one, right. I I had that. I had that same thought. It's like, it does, of course, it requires a certain amount of ineptitude from the grown-up villains, because otherwise, you couldn't have kids take them down. Yes. <laughs> but I do think, it, yeah, I do think it would have been cooler if Xenon had, like, seen that and somehow, like, pickpocketed them. You know what I mean? Like, that, there's, yeah, that would have been cooler. That would have been fun. Yeah. 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 Um, like, something But clever. then she wouldn't have been stuck in the room and... Yeah. Forced yeah. to, and then that's how she gets punished, which which is why they sent her to Earth, which I did feel like was an excessive punishment. <laughs> <laughs> they do tell her she's, they're going to ground her, though. They tell her. I know, but she's I'm like, the, the punishment is you're going to no longer live with your parents. Yeah. That feels excessive. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> I agree. I and you have to enroll in a new school and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I mean, what are you going to do? It's obviously, basically, it's not even like I'm going to send you to like a boarding school. It basically equates to you're going to go live with your aunt in Switzerland now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's true. You're move that's to true. another country mm-hmm. where you don't really speak the language or understand anything, and that is your punishment. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, only... let's... Oh, no, yeah. I was going to say the only thing that I don't, I said this is such a weird loose end, is that the whole thing is climaxes with her typing in a code and to stop the virus. Yeah. She, has, she puts the disc in, and the disc has the anti, let's call it antivirus on it, the, yeah. the remedy. And she has to type in a code. And we have never seen her had to have to do that before. And there's no like, there's no payoff with the code. There's, you know what I mean. And did I, believe, I miss? I believe she is remembering the code that he put in when she was watching him from that like vent, which he's hiding in the first time. <sighs> so basically, she has an incredible memory. Yeah. Okay. But we don't. Do we ever hear her say that? Do we ever? No, no that's, explicitly. That is just my assumption. That's your assumption. Because I think that is back like in the right days assumption. when I guess you didn't have a bunch of asterisks when you typed in a password, so she could see right. the code that is required to open this disk. Yeah, it's like um, someone online called it like a wing James Bond. <laughs> it was. Like, it really was. Yeah, it's like. The Gemini sign and like a squiggle <laughs> door. Language on their ship, they use yeah, they use wing things. Exactly, exactly. They use Celsius. Are we, are we living in Egypt? <laughs> <laughs> they use hieroglyphs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
so ancient that was, Egypt is, ancient. is what their ship is. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I, again, I like, I was just, I buy it, you know? But the one thing <laughs> I didn't, one thing I like, okay, I'll buy that they use, like, the first time we see their written language is, like, the Greek, um, wingdings font, but I just didn't, I was like, okay, I can't believe that, like, it's it was disappointing to see that this huge thing we understand the stakes obviously and we understand that the stakes are if she doesn't put the um code in by a certain time like what will happen but the fact that we didn't know where she was getting the code from for sure was like to me like such a weird thing and i said like is what did they have to check something for time like was there was there like a scene where they're like where her the the kid who's the coding kid, I wonder mm-hmm. if there was like a scene where he's like, the code is this, <laughs> and Sinan's like, but he tells her and she doesn't listen, and then she has to come up with it later. Like I could just come up with a million things. Yeah. I was I was surprised I mean, that the, the that wasn't part of it. Is when she was watching that guy, she could have just written the code down. Yeah, exactly. And then, just like what happened when she had the code to get out of the room that's smeared, maybe yeah. when she goes to type it in at the end, it's smeared and she has to figure yeah. it out. But that that's actually would work really nicely. But yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's the right, that's exactly right. I did think, I even wrote this down, the smear on her hand is so smeared that when she's typing in numbers, I'm like, Zena, <laughs> like, you can see there's no numbers. <laughs> it's literally like just a smear of ink. <laughs> But also, it was so she can't remember a four number code, but she can remember a ten wingding <laughs> <Right>. code. <laughs> That's true as well. That doesn't. I remembered the code to get out of the room. Like. <laughs> that is true. Oh, that's another thing that like works so well. That like that um she's like waiting for um, Nebula. Nebula's gonna give her the cargo schedule, and like they get trapped in that room, and it totally makes sense that they get trapped in the room because the ship is like having like malfunctions. So of course, yeah. like obviously, it's all movies are based on a series of miracles. As like again, I've read that in the book. Like you get like obviously coincidences are what make movies go. But yeah. I thought that was a really um, fair coincidence that um, the it happens to be that the the malfunction that happens um, when they're trying to get out of that room is the one that locks the doors, and Raven is like, "Why is there no manual overdrive on these?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny because she's also very precise. Um, anyway, I I I don't know. I'm just um. I have to say, I'm like, I'm like writing a feature right now, and I'm like, I could learn a lot from Cena. <laughs> like, like as far as things paying off and like getting, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna tee it up, like Chekhov's gun, you know, you gotta <laughs> may as well use the uh, Chekhov's windings. The Chekhov's windings, actually, Chekhov's disc thingy, <laughs> earring disc thingy. Um, um, protozoa again, another very, very early crush for me. Um, so the writer of this movie definitely based protozoa on Mick Jagger, that's that's obvious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slash the band in general was a 70s band, 60s, 70s band, exactly. Philip Reese is protozoa's name, he is writing, he's um. 
directing and acting to this day, Ooh, and okay. I'm very very happy to report that uh, Greg Greg is played by a Greg. Uh, Greg is, is Greg. what was his name? Yeah, Xenon. I think his name is Greg Smith. Um, Gregory Smith, you are correct. <laughs> and he is still acting, and he's very handsome. I'm sure he you can see his. On the show Lucky Blues, yeah, um, and he's done a number of sort of one-off episodes of TV. He unfortunately wasn't in the sequel. Yeah, he's really handsome. Um, oh, this is in 2012. Well, I'm sure he's still pretty handsome. <laughs> um, I mean, he's pretty you could see from the from the movie that I know he's, he's like going to be going to grow up to be coy. Yeah. He would have been about 16, 15, 16 when they shot this. Yeah, yeah. Xenon. So, yeah, like, you could be taking pills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you can, you can see. Um, but, um, 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 so he's not in the sequel, but the love interest in the sequel is Cutter from Stepsister from Planet Weird. <laughs> if you can imagine okay. that. Um, his, that actor's name is, do you remember Cutter? He's like the I surfer. don't. Oh. Tom Wright. Tom yeah, Wright. a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's the surfer on it. Um, and, um, anyway, I'm disappointed that they didn't bring Greg back, but, um, Margie is back and Margie becomes his friend. Nice. It's like, it's like Xenon. Nebula and Margie are like friends um, which I think is nice because I do the one thing that I kind of don't like about the movie is that there's like a mean girl in it um, because yeah just, and she's just sort of me. doesn't need yeah. to be there and yeah Greg she's like be like I'm never going to be your boyfriend and it's yeah. like yeah I was like I wasn't um, getting anything that they were an item but <laughs> something well so, I just like I dislike that it was like her whole thing is that she's jealous of Xenon and um, she's mean for no reason and she's jealous because Greg's interested and she's only worried about Greg like that yeah. just as a just that is just kind of like lazy writing to me so I think it's kind of cool that it's he becomes her friend and uh, like it's cool because Xenon Xenon's so cool like Xenon shouldn't have any uh, Xenon shouldn't have any enemies right Xenon's the yeah. kind of like ambassador we need where she he only makes friends, you know? Um, yeah, totally. And also when Greg's like, you're not really supposed to work. I'm like, come on, Greg. Come on. Like, <laughs> Us girls are, like, annoying and weird. Yeah. <laughs> because you only know Margie, and Margie's really Yeah, annoying. you know, one girl. Like, <laughs> uh, um, okay, but Protozoa. So Protozoa is sorry, Protozoa. I'm sorry, main, I wasn't ready. Main dance moves seem to just be to point at the audience. Yes. Like, he also steps. Um, he also does many, many steps, synchronized steps. Oh, I, I have to, uh, I have to say that um, I'm sure you noticed this, but I noticed I, a couple of months ago I got curious and I told you that I went and looked up um, Supernova Girl, like watched it on YouTube, just the very end of the movie. Okay. And I realized that the song that you've been like waiting to hear, I would say the whole movie, 
which it is a it is a catchy song and they talk about how catchy it is many times <laughs> mm-hmm. um but um it's him and a drum beat a drum beat basically and then maybe some synthesized instruments but it's really simple and and yet on stage you have three guys with guitars yeah playing nothing <laughs> They're like yeah, their hands are strumming. Drum kit. But there's no and there's one guy in a drum kit and then there's a guy with the synth. And like they're playing their hearts out, but it's not it does not reflect it in the music at all. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was truly truly an oversight on the on the part of the <laughs> This <system>. is accurate. <laughs> um I can't believe I can't believe how funny that Like, I don't know. The movie would culminate in something that's that stupid. Um, I mean, I believe it. But yeah, yeah, really. And then the song. So Protozoa is also in the sequel. Oh. I don't know if you knew that. And he has another song, which is "The Galaxy Is Ours," which is a lot better. Okay. Um, I have to say, and they also played at Sydney. Um. It was um, interesting that he kept being like, rock and roll, and then this is clearly a pop song. I know. Like, it's, like, it's like rock and roll, but but is it? But is it rock and roll? Absolutely not. Yeah. Nothing about that was rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then... So then the, well, the movie... Okay, so firstly, she she's at the Protozoa concert, and... She's got Greg on her like video phone. Yeah, on Skype. And they keep discussing to him and I'm like, this is the same chart that they've used. <laughs> over and and over. he says nothing. <laughs> nothing. And he the, she'll just show her looking at him and he just has this like look on his face like, hey. Um, <laughs> and then the second time when they cut to her cut to it after she blows him a kiss, he like just sort of almost gives her a salute with two fingers, like mm-hmm. it's like, hey, sort of half wave, half salute, <laughs> and that's it. You're like, someone give this kid some direction. Yes. <laughs> someone tell him what to do. This, like, this is yeah. too useless. And then, and then it, she like, it does this sort of dissolve, fade out on her face when they've just stopped the frame in the middle of it. And then mm-hmm. dissolved out to the outside of the ship to like blow away, and I was like, "Wow, this is giving me Prisoner of Az- Azkaban vibes, where we just like pause on a face and then fly away." Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they they used to do that all the time. That used to be the. I know it's a it's a terrible way to end a movie. <laughs> really. Uh... I can't, I can't even, I don't even know, I don't know what to say. I agree with you. Um, I'm trying to find the movie that I can watch right now. I'm obsessed with this Gregory Peck kid. <laughs> I want to know everything about him. I want to know what he's doing. Susan Godfriended me. Oh, okay. He's doing great. He's making, he does one, two, three, four. He does like, he does um a couple episodes of TV every Riverdale, Arrow, I would think so. These are these are um 
I think he does like guest roles. Um, because he's getting lean on residuals. I mean, now that actually, now that it's on Disney Plus, maybe you know. I mean, do they re rerun it on Disney Channel? I don't think so. Okay. Well, but I'd like to. I don't. I wonder how. I think I. I wonder if they replay uh, Frozen for sequels. Oh, that's true. They probably do. He was on that for five years. Good for him. Yeah, he was the main role. Yeah, yeah. I'd cast him. <laughs> Gregory, reach out. I have this feature. <laughs> I'm writing a feature. <laughs> I need to get. I need to put the cast together. Well, my only other note was I laughed much, much earlier in the movie when they're in class and they're talking about President Chilton. Oh my god! I did. Why did I not write down President Clinton? You know what I was kind of disappointed at was that they really like hit that joke over the head. Like, yeah, like not the Clinton of the previous century, but her father his, Bill. <laughs> yeah, but like, her father Bill, but get it, you know, get it. It's, like, <laughs> it's it's like it's especially funny now because it's just like in no world is Chelsea Clinton running for president like ever. She Chelsea Clinton was born in 1980, so she, how old she would was, she be in? She she'd be been 19 when this movie came out. She'd be seventy years old, as a as a uh, as a president. Oh right, that would be uh, on the yes, almost yeah. yes. So yeah, pretty old. Well, wh was was she president currently, or were they talking about her presidency? Oh, you're so right. She's probably yeah. not president. She's probably not currently president. She was president. I think they were talking about when she was president, like a history you're, class. You're so right. You're exactly. But uh, even so, it didn't even occur to me. I was like, "Oh yeah, Chelsea." Clinton. Chelsea Clinton has no interest in being president. <laughs> like, no, I wonder if <laughs> I. I mean, that's a great joke. I think if I had yeah. been writing at the time, I also would have considered it. Um, you know, seems like the natural. Uh, would have been funnier if they had been like President Hillary Clinton, like ho ho, as if Hillary's gonna run. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, well, that's true. See that that's why it's kind of like ambiguous. You're like, are you saying it's a very old Chelsea Clinton, or are you saying that's uh, true? You know, or that's that's why like, I I truly just assume she was so currently president of the. She'd <laughs> be what like forty this year then? So Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, she's forty. So it would so be she's... like if she ran this decade or something. But... Exactly. Yeah. Maybe or next decade, or even next like, next decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Well, yeah, I didn't write that down, but that was obviously that's like one of the first like no, jokes that was pretty classic. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, wow, that was amazing. We made it. We <laughs> made it. Um, that was an enjoyable. I enjoyed. I mean, it was long. It's longer than a feature film. It was a hundred. It was an hour and thirty seven minutes. You can do that. That's a feature film. I know, but so a lot of them clock in at like exactly ninety they minutes. They do. So it's it's, it's funny. Seven minutes. It's funny to hear it. Yeah, exactly. You're like just just because it's a TV movie, you're not expecting it to be. But I feel like it was exactly the right length. Like if you were gonna cut something, you'd probably cut this like seven minute long 
Porsche riding section, but what, oh, what, yeah. what would you do without that? Like, I love that part. Like, that, that, that really sells, like, Greg. Um, and it was obviously, it was good for uh, his reel, you know? It was really good for Greg's reel. I bet he really used that horse riding scene for many years to come. A hundred percent. Maybe it's still in his reel. Maybe that's how he got Rookie Blue. We don't know. We don't know. We can't know. They were like, um, need this rookie to ride a horse. Well. <laughs> And also act like he, uh, he also, yeah, exactly. Horse riding obviously is on his CV at the bottom, and uh, he needed some it's proof. skills. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I believe it. I believe everything <laughs> Greg says, and I, I again, Greg reach out. <laughs> I don't have any. He would like to work with you. You can message me directly on on Instagram. <laughs> you can DM me. Um, well. So I guess Covered the question it. is, do we want receipts? Yeah, I do. I I'd give a half-hearted yes. Half-hearted. I would watch this again. I would watch this again. Oh, uh, I want to see as much as everyone in the future loves their VW Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only car featured in this movie is a VW Bug of two different two different ones, but. Nothing I think I wanted as future. much as that Chelsea Clinton joke. That's oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yes, that's fair. That's fair. I'm trying to see if. Uh... Oh, I also wanted as much as them bartering their shoeboxes for their shoeboxes. <laughs> Which is that's actually a great line because when she says it, I can't tell if she's joking or not because that's she's. True. That is true. I can't tell if she's being facetious because um she's in trouble. She's like. She's feeling awkward about how she didn't initially want they Also, no one on earth in 2049 is going to be using cash. So. Oh, exactly. <laughs> We're not going to have cash so like 10 years from now. Go. You're right. He had like dollars when he took his money out of his pocket. And like, had, like change. And change. It, also, it also cost $1.75 for her whole meal. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, she did only get two pieces of fruit and juice. <laughs> I feel like she got something else as well, but no, that's right. all she got. She grabbed okay. she, and it was so funny is that she doesn't know what the fruit is. That's right. She's clearly at those like bananas. She, like she grabs a banana like she's, she's never an orange, seen, let alone held a banana in her life. Which does add to the question of what what did she eat? <laughs> what did these people eat? <laughs> I know, I know, we never know. Actually, they're in the mess hall at one point. I think they just have regular food on their plate. Couldn't they get fruits and vegetables shipped from the from Earth if it only See, takes like a two-hour flight? I think it must be very rare. It must be like in the old days when you got an orange from Christmas. <laughs> it's just it's so rare. It's but no, you, they have they expensive. have to be getting. You're right. I mean, obviously, they may not be getting like. They may not be getting a lot of citrus, but they are. Um, Do they have scurvy? I, I was going to say, I think <laughs> we, as we discussed before, their supplements must be strong enough. that. Um, I guess so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This really makes me want to write like a, uh, like a space station future thing where like. Okay. Where we like, they just, we would discuss in depth like how things have grown and. Um, 
it rem- it does. I've brought up like this before, but it reminds me. There's like in Snowpiercer when they get up to the front of the train, there's like a car that has like orange trees, and they catch. There's like an aquarium with fish that they use to make sushi for the like Ooh. the rich people at the front of the train, and you're like. Obviously, it takes a certain level of disbelief, but also, like, you could kind of see that happening. Like, yeah, they grow, they have the ability to, like, grow orange trees, they have soil, the fish, well, like... I mean, in the Martian, he's able to grow potatoes. Yeah, exactly, like in the Martian. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're like, the, you, someone would be the Johnny Appleseed of... Uh... <laughs> of space. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Apple space. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. Don't <laughs> use that for your own project. That's, that's my that's trademark my. copyright. PM was German. 2020. Do not use it. <laughs> Except unless Greg Smith wants to use it in which case I'll use it. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Well, yeah. I guess the only other thing is we have a, an announcement mm-hmm. for the show. Uh, from our next episode onwards, we're going to be expanding the Disney universe that we look at and including some theatrical releases from the 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, starting with The Princess Diaries, the yes. our next film. So oh, yeah. pretty hyped about that. <laughs> this will be a chance for me to actually have seen the movie before. Yeah, this is good territory <laughs> for Keen because she's never she's been at a major disadvantage this whole time. And honestly, the patience she's um exhibited with these movies is I'm very <laughs> excited to watch a movie that was a big part of my childhood. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And my yeah. adulthood honestly. I I watch this movie still to this day on a regular basis. It's <laughs> We, I am going to make her sit through things like Airbud, um, possibly Cool Runnings, <laughs> Angels in the you Outfield. Know, I have a list. I have Cool Runnings on a long time. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how it holds up. I'm oh, man. guess have not you, very well. <laughs> have you seen Holes? Holes? Uh, yeah, you haven't seen Holes? Yes, I have seen Holes. Oh, okay. But, but not since it came out. Yeah, that's another. Because we read that book when I was at school and then okay. not long before the movie came out so that we saw the movie. Have you seen Flubber? I have seen With Flubber. Robin Williams. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Again. I was trying to not, stump you. Again, not for like 20 years. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But just in general, <laughs> you know what Flubber's about. Okay. Yes. Well, you're in for a treat, guys. Are we, we're still going to do decoms. Oh, yeah. From time we're to time, We're just going to mix right? in some theatrical releases because um, yeah, because there's not, there's not that many decoms. Like, well, yeah, there's uh, well, there unfortunately there are, but we just don't want to watch them. Like, I don't want to watch well, that, Lemonade that, Mouth. That, I have no, I feel about Lemonade Mouth the way that Keen feels about all of these, which is that I've never seen it and I don't care about it. <laughs> yes. Well, there's not as many that have the nostalgia factor that we're looking for. That's so. exactly what. Exactly. So we're gonna mix in some movies that do that actually yeah. came out in theaters so yeah exactly like there's only so many xenon and you know yes how many how many how many camp rocks are you going to sit through <laughs> to 
get to another xenon, you know? It's I think it's I think we're gonna have fair. to do Camp Rock. We still haven't done high school musical either. I know musical, so the only decom that I've seen before. <laughs> yes. High school musical is on the God tier, so that's why we that and thirteenth year is why we haven't done it yet. So um rare. It's like a it's like an uncut gem. Big deal. Big deal. Big deal. It's like yeah. Adam Sandler, uncut gems. <laughs> It's our unc- I am Adam Sandler, and it is, <laughs> and you're the lady who works in the store. Wow! Have you seen? I, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I'm well, when you do, you'll see my way her. through the. Your ID maybe your ID Menzel. You can oh. be other one, I'll but I that. have to be Adam Sandler, or you can be Lakeisha Stanfield. Either of those sound great without knowing anything <laughs> about the characters. Um. <laughs> All right, I get it. Okay, All right. Yeah. I think we'll it's have nice talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so All much right. for joining us. Thanks for hosting mm-hmm. me. Thank you. And uh, bye. <laughs> Goodbye.